I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and welcome to episode 97, in which I go to the Ricky Tim Super Seminar. I'm recording this on Sunday, July, I believe it's the 15th, 2012, and um, I know I just posted a short episode, but since I just uh, attended the Super Seminar this weekend, and by the time I get home from being out of town a couple of weeks from now, it will be largely wiped from my mind because of all I'm going to be going through in the next couple of weeks, so I thought I would just post a, a pretty quick episode just letting you know um, about the Ricky Tim Super Seminar, what I experienced, um, what I liked, what didn't work so well, that kind of thing. And I won't be doing any listener comments or really any Sandy update because there hasn't been much of an update since Thursday other than the content of this episode. Um, I'm also in the process of baking some zucchini bread. I thought it would have been out of the oven by now, but it seems to be taking an enormous amount of time to bake. And it's a user-posted recipe, so I think just their recipe isn't written correctly, uh, because I really think this was supposed to be two loaves <laughs> worth of batter. It's, I mean, it's quite a bit. Um, it's going to make a big loaf, and it's taking almost, right now we're at 50% longer than what they said it would take to bake, and my oven is pretty new, and the temperature has been through with other recipes I've used, so it's something about the recipe itself. But that being said, it still smells great, and eventually it will be done. Uh, so I will have to pause next time the beeper beeps to let me know once again to go down and stick a toothpick in it and see if we're done yet. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> back to our content. Yes, the Ricky Tim Super Seminar was in Rochester this weekend, and I did get to attend I had kind of debated whether or not to go because it's Ricky Tim's Alex Anderson and Libby Lehman. And I am very familiar with Alex Anderson's work. Most of us are, but I do have pretty much all of her books. And that's not to say that I'm a huge Alex Anderson fan. I certainly like her. Her style of quilting is not one that I tend to do, but her books are very, very, very well done. Very clearly lay out the techniques, lots of great illustrations, very clear instructions. Uh, they're great uh, for beginners. So if you are more of a beginner quilter or if you know a beginner quilter, I would really recommend Alex Anderson's books. They're some of the better ones out there, I think, for beginners. So I wasn't really going to hear her because I feel like I kind of, you know, I'm pretty familiar with what she has to offer. Ricky Timms, I also am fairly familiar with. I do have a couple of his books, the Caveman, or I've got a Convergence Quilts and I've got the book on Rhapsody Quilts, and I do have his, uh, two of his DVDs. I, I I think he's got a new one now that I don't have yet, but he's he's got one on caveman quilting and he's got one on machine quilting called Grand Finale. And I have both of those DVDs. I like all of those resources. They're very good. So again, I felt like, well, I'm pretty familiar with most of what he does, but I've never seen him in person. And I was really looking forward to that opportunity. And then Libby Lehman, I'm familiar with what she does. Um, I do have a book of hers but I'd never seen her in person. I'd never seen her. Um, I've not seen her any of her videos or anything. So she was really kind of the draw for me was wanting to know more about what she does. Uh, because also that's something she does thread play kinds of things, thread work. And I'm really interested in learning more about that now. So she was kind of the big draw for me. 
But mostly I felt like, okay, it's in Rochester. I'd be stupid not to go. <laughs> this is kind of a once in a lifetime sort of thing because it's probably not going to come to Rochester again anytime soon. Uh, so being able to attend something like this without having to travel real far, without having to worry about hotels and all that kind of stuff, I felt like, okay, I'll go. I was a little concerned, not, uh, concerned isn't the right word. I wasn't, how to say this without it coming out sounding really snarky. I'm not a big celebrity person. I'm not somebody who will go somewhere just because it's a celebrity. I really need to be very interested in what they're doing, and I am interested in what the three of them were doing. I was a little concerned it was going to be slick, um, if you know what I mean, that it was going to be feel very canned, very, hey, woohoo, look at us kind of stuff. And it really was not. I was very pleased at that. Yes, there was, you know, kind of the stuff you could see. Yes, it's very canned. Yes, they say, hey, welcome Rochester. You know, they say that everywhere they go, that kind of stuff. But really, by and large, um, the three of them are very personable people. Particularly, Ricky Timms is very charming in person. Uh, even though you know you're getting his kind of canned program, it feels natural. <laughs> he does it well. He's a consummate professional. Um, so I felt very good about that. Alex Anderson, of course, we all are familiar with her. Libby Lehman was the biggest surprise to, well, not surprise really, because I didn't know what to expect. She is an absolute hoot. If you ever have a chance to go hear Libby Lehman speak or take a class from her, do so. She is funnier than I'll get out. And it felt very, very natural. Of all of them, she was the one I felt so much was what you see is what you get. Um, the other ones, you kind of felt like, yes, this is their stage presence, and they might be a little different in person. She, I really, you don't feel that with her. Maybe there is a difference, but you really don't feel it. She just seems very, very genuine, um, partly because she really doesn't have a filter. <laughs> I mean, she would just, you kind of get the sense that whatever flies through her head comes out of her mouth, and it's funny. You know, she was great. So I really, she made the weekend for me. I really enjoyed her quite a bit. Um, so what did we talk about that you get when you pay for this? And it, again, to comment on the, the cost, it does feel a little bit expensive, but the reality is you're getting three teachers for a weekend. So you're getting essentially at least, oh, off the top of my head, at least six distinct classes, if not more. Um, I'm looking at the seminar syllabus and what each of them taught you're getting at least six, maybe even eight to ten distinct classes in one weekend. Each one of them taught about as much as what you would get. If you went to a two-day class with Ricky Timms on Convergence Quilts, we got as much content as you would get in that two-day class. Now, obviously, going to a two-day class or a six-hour class, let's say, a six-hour class on Convergence Quilts, you're sitting at a sewing machine and you're sewing much of the time. Okay, there is benefit to that. But what we got was really all of the content you would have gotten from Ricky Tim's in that class. So you're getting a lot of content in a fairly short period of time. So in that respect, it is a very cost-effective way to go about doing it. Now, did we walk out of there with half-finished projects that now we know how to finish at home? No. But there's also benefit to that. You know, I, I don't have a bunch of UFOs now that I now have to figure out how to finish. Um, it's all about, do I want to take what I learned and now start making a quilt from that? <laughs> yeah, you know, I've got at least six new quilts sitting around in my head at the moment. So, you know, in that respect, I felt like it was a very cost-effective way to approach this. They are fantastic at the technology end of things. So they had the video camera and the big screen. So even though we were sitting in the back row, never had any problems seeing what they were demonstrating, what they were talking about. 
it was very nice. The one thing I would have liked, and I may, if they, we didn't get any evaluation forms or anything, but I may see if there's some way to email an evaluation of some sort. It would have been nice if even while they were speaking, they had had the video camera on their face. Because for those of us who were sitting in the back, you know, you're you're spending the entire time watching this four or five inch figure on a stage. It would have been nice to actually have their faces broadcast during that part too. But, you know, that's a, that's a small thing. The setting that we were in, you know, we were in bleacher seats. If you were sitting up in those bleacher seats, you didn't have any heads in front of you or anything. You were up above the people in front of you. So seeing things was never a problem. Never had that problem. <laughs> the setting we were in did get a little uncomfortable. I ended up having to stand in the back for quite a bit of it just to not be sitting because the chairs weren't comfortable. But that's going to change, you know, depending on what your setting is. So what did we cover we covered I'm, and i'm just going right through the content page now quilting caveman style convergence quilts ricky timms's paper piecing method his rhapsody quilts his uh, curved piecing method his method for setting corners and circles his kaleidoscope quilts his applique method a bit about machine quilting his method for bike piped bindings his method for binding the quilt and scalloped bindings yes the bulk of the seminar is Ricky Timms. You know, it's his seminar, essentially, and he's invited Alex Anderson and Libby Lehman as his guests to be part of it. Um, so it's not evenly divided between the three, but again, you know, you're getting enough information that that didn't bother me either. Then Alex Anderson did how to choose quilting designs, some tips about quilting designs, and then hand quilting. She also did a thing on fabric choices, which if you recall, if you've been a listener for a while, a long time ago, this was at least a year ago, maybe even more, I did a, an episode on fabric shopping, and I used her book, Fabric Shopping, which is no longer in print, as um, quite a bit of the resource for that as well, some stuff I'd found online. Her thing in the Ricky Tim Super Seminar uh, was very much from that book. So I was familiar with it. It's always good to be reminded of some of it. And everybody that I was with, all the women from my guild, had never heard of that book, had never done that book, and so that was new information for them. And like I said, that book's now out of print, so not that many people would have read the book. So it is helpful information. And then Libby Lehman did a thing on her sheer ribbon illusions and potluck applique, and she also just did some kind of demonstrations of various feet that you can get, etc. One of the things we all liked the best, actually, was at the very end, the very last segment, the three of them did a sort of Q&A roundtable discussion, only we didn't ask the questions. They had it prepped ahead of time based on questions they always get asked. And it included tours of their homes and studios, how they have their cutting station set up, how they have their sewing machine set up, how they store thread and fabric and all that kind of stuff. And so you get your little bit of uh, voyeurism in there about being able to peek at other people's studios, which is always fun. But you do get some ideas there as well. So that was really interesting. The syllabus is very well done. And it really has pretty much all of the instructions for everything they talked about in it. So even though they did have some of their books and everything there for sale, you don't feel like you absolutely have to have the book in order to do the things that they've now talked about because they've already given it to you in the syllabus, which is really, again, very nice. They give you a lot for your money. You don't feel gypped when you walk out. At least I didn't feel chipped when I walked out of there. And nobody I talked to ever indicated anything about, wow, this was so expensive for what we got. 
I personally felt the pacing of the seminar was really good. You'd have like an hour and a half session and then a 45 minute break and then an hour and a half session and then lunch and then an hour and a half session, 45 minute break and et cetera. And periodically they'd have us stand up and stretch for just a minute while they were resetting something on stage, but there weren't, you know, stretch. There were a couple of people that complained that the breaks were too long. Um, Personally, for me, they were good because, again, I was getting uncomfortable sitting, so I would just get up and walk and walk and walk during those breaks. Um, but you can see why they need the 45 minutes, because every time they had a break, there were people in line for the store, in line for autographs, in line for all these other things going on. Really, the breaks were just barely long enough for everybody to get through and do whatever they wanted to do during the break. If you weren't choosing to be a part of any of those, then sure, you just had 45 minutes to hang around. I never had a problem with that. Partly I was there with some of my guild peeps, so we'd hang out and chat. You know, it was nice. And having done a lot of events like that, one of the things you tend to get clipped for in evaluations, um, you know, I, I staff events all the time at work. We have conferences every year. We have multiple conferences every year. So I'm on the other end of that when you're planning those conferences. And one of the things you get clipped for is if your breaks aren't long enough because you've got, particularly where you've got a lot of women all in one place, everybody's hitting the bathroom at the same time. You know, everybody's hitting this line or that line or the other line. So I had no problem with the pacing. Uh, like I said, there were a couple of people that made some comments about that. For me, I thought it was very good. They were kind of long days. The first day, Thursday, we started, registration started at 2.30. We got in about, I think the first session started at 4. I believe it was 4 o'clock until 5.30. No, I'm sorry. We went from 4 until 7.30 was the first night. And we had a 45-minute break in there. So the first day, we all had to figure out what we're doing with snacks. Now, there was a, um, there was, we were in a field house at a university, you know, which is where they have a sports arena. And so there was one little vending thing set up, um, a concession stand set up where you could get snacks and stuff. I had brought, you know, I'd made myself some homemade gorp with nuts and things. So I just sat and snacked on that during dinner time, but it, you know, it wasn't a big deal. And then we were done by 7.30. The second day we started at 8.30 in the morning and went through until 5.30. And then we had a two hour break. And then Ricky Timms did a concert that night that was optional, but pretty much everybody did come to it. And the cost for the concert was included in your package. So me and my guild peeps that I was there with, there were five of us all together, went out to dinner and came back and we had a great time. I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was a nice break. And then Saturday went from 8.30 until the whole thing ended then at 5.30. So they're packed days, but you get a lot out of it. And they had made arrangements with our uh, location site to have box lunches available that you could pre-order if you so chose extra costs for Friday and Saturday, or you could have just left. And, you know, they gave us that we had a longer break for lunch, hour and 15 minutes, maybe and even an hour and a half at lunchtime, so that those who chose not to get the box lunches could go out and, you know, get go to an area restaurant or something, or people brought their own meals. So that was, I did the box lunches both days. You know, not fantastic, but that wasn't the Super Seminars issue. That was the issue of the location where we were. So again, that would change depending on where your seminar is being held. Um, let's see, a couple of other comments. What else? They do an interesting thing with their store. So they don't have a lot of vendors there. There was one local quilt shop that's a, our local Bernina dealer, and their whole thing is sponsored by Bernina. So my only quibble as a non-Bernina person was I got a little sick of every time they demoed something saying, well, we're demoing this on the Bernina 530. And, and you know, the all three of them use Bernina machines. And so they would say, well, I know how to do this on a Bernina. So here's the foot we use. Here's this, that, and the other thing. And 
you know, I'm sitting there as a Janome person saying, I don't even know if I've got that foot, you know. Um, and that got a little annoying at first. It didn't bother me. But after a whole weekend of it, I started getting annoyed. Libby Lehman, however, was really, really good because she was, you know, she'd also talk about the Bernina. But then she would say, now, for those of you who might have Vikings, I know it happens to be this foot or that foot or here's on Fof or here's on Janome or here's, she would cover, you know, a lot of the different brands when she did it. So you felt much more. Um, connected, you know, you didn't feel quite like if you're not a Bernina person, you might as well shut down for the next 15 minutes because whatever they're doing, you can't do on your machine. I did think it was really telling, and I don't know if they would pick up on this, um, that somebody did, you, you're you able to um, ask questions during the day and they give you index cards. So you write out your question on your index card and put it in a little bucket and then they'll you start each session by answering questions. And one person actually put in the question, am I able to do this if I don't own a Bernina? And I felt like they should have heard that and said, you know, we've got to get more careful about how we say this. And again, I I know Bernina sponsors them. So I'm fine with the fact that that means they have to promote Bernina. Fine. You know, but stop giving the impression that you have to have a Bernina to quilt because that drives me crazy. <laughs> but I won't get on that. I won't get on that uh, soapbox. Suffice it to say, I was actually told once, oh, well, when you've been quilting longer, you'll get a Bernina, as if somehow anybody who is a real quilter has to have a Bernina. That attitude drives me crazy. Um, there's a lot of people out there that do a lot of excellent work, and they're not using Berninas. And I'm not even talking about me, because I don't do excellent work necessarily. But in any case, that was the only kind of little tweak I had during the weekend, was every time they started talking about, well, and if you have the Bernina foot, you can do that. And I was like, okay, shut down. You know, I'd stop listening for five minutes. Um, so that is one thing I would like to say to them. Please be a little more careful about that, because not everybody out there owns a Bernina, nor should they necessarily. I know you have those sponsors, but there's a lot of good machines out there. There's a lot of people doing good work on machines. Be a little more inclusive in what you're talking about. And again, Libby Lehman was great that way. She really was very careful about that, and I appreciated it. So that was my only downside to the whole thing as a non-Bernina owner. Now, I know if I owned a Bernina, and for anybody who was a Bernina owner in there, they were like, oh, this is great to know, you know, fantastic. Well, there's a lot of the rest of us out there. Um, okay, I'm sorry, I'll stop. I'll get off my soapbox with that one. Uh, so they only had the, they had the Bernina, the one Bernina vendor, so you could go and try their machines. And there was some, oh, I forgot to say, by the way, I'm proud of Rochester. Uh, we were the largest Ricky Tim Super Seminar they've ever had. Um, we had the best attendance, which and apparently by a fairly significant amount. I don't really know all the numbers. I know we had close to 750 people. We had 150 of those 750 were from Canada, uh, which is fantastic. They are not able to do Ricky Tim seminars in Canada because of customs issues, um, mostly because they need to bring their stuff with them and they can't do that. And there's all these customs issues around doing that. Um, they actually talked about that. Uh, during the weekend. So what they do is they specifically plan some of these super seminars up close enough to the border that Canada people can come down easily to it. And we did have a lot of Canadians um, at our event, which was a lot of fun. Um, okay, what was I talking about? So they have the one vendor of the Bernina machines, and then the, they have the vendor, which is just the Ricky Tim's hand-dyed fabrics, um, the superior thread lines that they all have, because they all are attached to superior threads. Um, and then some books and DVDs and a few other knick-knacky, not knick-knacks, a few other kinds of tools and gadgets and things. Not a ton of stuff. It's primarily his hand-dyed fabric. And what they do in that booth is um, 
you can start a bag your first day there. You get this brown paper bag and they put your name on it. And then you can put anything you want in that bag without having to commit to it. Uh, so you can go through the first day and put one of everything in your bag and then decide later what you're actually going to take. So that you that kind of prevents you know you from having the, gee, I wanted something and now they're all out. Um, for me, that actually really works well in terms of giving me that cooling off period. Because I tend to, you know, when I'm at a booth, if I feel like, gee, I'd better buy this now or I'm not going to have the choice later, I will tend to buy it. And then maybe later think, you know, I'm not sure I really needed that. So what I did is the first night, I did put several fabrics in my bag and a, a handful. I mean, I didn't load it, but I put a few things in there that I just, I wasn't sure whether I was going to decide I wanted them or not. And then I put the bag back and I didn't actually go back to it until Saturday. So I had like a day and a half to kind of think about it. Um, other people I know, you know, I'm sure that the marketing assumption behind that is that once something's in your bag, you're going to feel committed to it and you're going to buy it. Um, that's on you, you know, if that's the way you work. And if you allow that marketing ploy to work on you, then fine. You know, and I'm, I actually tend to be impressed by people who know marketing well. And partly that's because now one of the many parts of my job is doing marketing and promotion. So, you know, when I see a technique that works, I'm, I tend to be more impressed than angry. You know, it's like, oh, okay, that's a good idea. Um, so yeah, that, that whole thing about having the shopping bag that you can load up throughout the weekend and then pay for it at the end of the weekend for some people, that might make them buy more. For me, it actually made me buy less. I did go back, and after I'd had a, you know, that cooling off period and that whole weekend to kind of ponder, is this really what I want to buy? I did actually put some stuff back. Um, the hand-dyed fabrics, I debated. They are, I think, horrifically expensive. Um, I understand they've got the Ricky Tim's name on them, and, you know, he's not the one that's actually standing there with his hands dyeing this fabric. He has staff now that does that. But it is done in his studio. It is small operation. He doesn't farm it out to, you know, some fabric line and then they create it and put his name on it. It is really kind of his company doing this. Um, and I think he said there's like two or three staff that do it. So it is, I understand that, you know, that's why it costs more because he's not farming it out to be done. It is very nice fabric. Would I say it's particularly different or unique from other hand-dyed fabrics I've seen? No. You know, so I debated, do I really want to pay this amount of money for it? For me, the kind of stopper was not so much the cost, although that was certainly a lot of it. If it had been half the price, I probably wouldn't have debated. You know, I probably would have said, okay, fine, I'll, I'll get this. Um, it was more that I tended, they only had one yard increments there. They did not have fat quarters. They did not have half yards. It was only one yard. You can only buy one yard of this stuff. And I don't tend to work in one yard increments anymore. I am working on much smaller projects generally, you know, the baby quilt aside, um, when I'm doing stuff for me, it's much smaller now. And so, um, and particularly a hand dyed fabric that's so unique, I'm probably not going to use a whole yard in one project. I'm going to be using it kind of piecemeal here and there. So I did not want to have to decide on a single yard of color. If he had had fat quarters there, I probably would have been all over it. But having a single yard was not where my head is at. And they were running a, a deal where if you bought four, you got the fifth yard free. And everybody kept saying, when I was talking to my friends, saying, oh, I'm kind of debating this. Well, you know, you get that fifth yard free. Well, you know, still, it's still, even if, if you then do the math and you figure out how much that brings the price per yard, it's still twice as much as what I would have paid for regular commercial fabric. Um, and I still would have had a yard of it, and I don't work in a yard. So what I ended up doing is um, a friend of mine and I 
a friend of mine that was there, actually decided we split the cost. So we bought the four and got the one free. We were each paying half as much then. And then what we did is we took every one of those yards and we ripped it in half. So we each now have a half yard of five different pieces rather than having to split up, you know, one of us getting two yards, one of us getting three yards or whatever. So we each have a half yard of five pieces. We each paid half as much. So the the fabric is still just as expensive. It doesn't make it any cheaper, but I got a much bigger variety and I only paid half as much as I would have paid had I bought it myself. So that was a really, really good solution for me. I did end up buying a one yard piece um, on my own of one other one that was a, a blended one that my friend didn't like at all. <laughs> she she was like, really? You like that one? I really liked it. It's got, it's kind of greens and yellows and purples, but it's very muted. It's very earth tony. And I could easily see using that as backgrounds for pieces or, or more often, you know, it's, it's something that's got a little more going on with it. So I decided, yeah, okay, I'll bite the bullet. I'll buy one of this because it wasn't a color combination I'd seen in other places. And it's not one I would know how to easily reproduce myself. Because as you know, if you've listened to my podcast, I have done some fabric dyeing now. And one of the women that was with us this weekend is the one that taught us the fabric dyeing and has all the supplies. So we were talking about doing another, the three of us might just get together to do some fabric dyeing. But this particular blend, I thought, eh, it's going to be chancy for me to try to get that blend myself. So I'll just go ahead and buy this one. Um, so again, it, it was expensive fabric. There were people, however, that was not a stopper. There were people there buying a lot of that fabric. That being said, I suspect a lot of them were Canadian and that amount, that dollar amount for fabric wouldn't have shocked them as much because they pay, <laughs> you guys in Canada pay a heck of a lot more for fabric than we do here. Um, and I actually talked with some of the Canadian folks there. Was, every time we sat down for lunch, we ended up with some of the Canadians at our table. So we were, we often were talking about the price of fabric and everything. So for Canadians, that, that, dollar that price tag on that fabric would not have been nearly as kind of <gasps> gasping as it was for us from the u.s um so that was kind of their thing i did also buy the libby lehman video um, because i really liked the techniques that she showed and it is so much easier to watch it than it is to try to read it out of a book i got some more thread because i wanted to play around with different types um I got some water-soluble thread because I want to try using that for basting. I think that's a really interesting concept. I did talk about that there. Um, so I'm, I want to play with that a little bit. I only got one spool again, so I can test it. And yes, I'm going to keep it zipped in a plastic bag because up here in the humid northeast, it would completely disintegrate before I could ever use it if I didn't keep it airtight. Um, what else did I get? That was really kind of it, I think. Oh, and I, I'm sorry. I also got Ricky Tim's has some stabilizer. Um, because it was some company that used to make it and went out of business. It was his favorite one, so now he took it over and produces it. And I'm always into testing different stabilizers, and that wasn't that expensive, so I figured, okay, sure, I'll throw that one in too. Um, so that was really kind of my my input into the Super Seminar itself. I would say if you have an opportunity to go to, go. Although I always say that about classes. Whenever you have a chance to take a class, go to a conference, hear a lecture, hear a speaker, do it. Because even if you think you know everything they've got to say, or especially if you think you don't like their style, you never know. Um, you know, somebody from our guild chose not to go to this because she said, oh, I've seen Ricky Tim's stuff and I don't like it. Well, then when he was showing all of the stuff he's done in his life, some of it was very different from what we've seen. So to think you know everything somebody does, chances are you don't, actually. So always expose yourself to new things 
and just keep learning and learning and learning because you never know. You, you might get the, the most random little tip out of, you know, there was one whole session that I really knew everything they were talking about in, in the whole session, but one of them just made one little comment about, oh, here's something I learned. I was like, oh, I never thought of that. And so that one tip made that whole session worthwhile. So do always try to do those things. And if you have, I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed his concert. His music wasn't entirely to my taste. Some of it was, some of it wasn't. Um, but overall, again, Ricky Timms is very charming and he puts on a good concert. So that was fun. Plus, it was nice after a whole day of sitting and absorbing information to be able to just relax and receive <laughs> and not have to think. Um, so that was really nice. And one of the things, go with somebody, even if you don't know them that well. If you're part of a guild, bring some people from your guild. Because one of the things I got most out of the weekend was the fact that I got to know a couple of the women from my guild better, people that I hadn't spent a whole lot of time with before, and now we're doing this whole thing, and we're going out to dinner together, and we're sitting during breaks, and I found out one of them I really, really like, and I had never said more than a few sentences to her at guild meetings, because we're, you know, we just, we don't sit near each other or anything, and and now we're talking about hanging out all the time. <laughs> it, was, it was really nice in that respect to have the opportunity to get to know some of my guild peeps a lot better. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. So that's my review of the Ricky Tim Super Seminar. If you've got any questions, feel free to ask. No, I'm not going to go through and, and show you any of the techniques that they showed us or do any of that kind of stuff, because really that's kind of copyright infringement. You know, I'm not going to now teach what I just learned because... I don't have permission to do that from them. Um, get their books. It's all in there. and um, Or go to the seminar yourself. And like I said, their syllabus has the instructions for everything. So if you're not familiar with their stuff, you go to the seminar, you hear them demonstrate it, you take the syllabus home, chances are you can do it without buying any of their books. Um, and I appreciate that they did that, you know, that they didn't only put half the instructions in and then say, well, you've got to get my book for the rest. That it's not a marketing ploy. It's really a, an educational seminar. And I appreciated that. And I also really, really appreciated the fact that Ricky Timms did a whole segment on design. All the stuff we've been talking about on this podcast. I get frustrated that that's not included more often. This wasn't just straight technique and project. It was, here's design, here's some stuff you need to talk, think about. Um, I really enjoyed myself. So that's that. If you have a chance to go to the Super Seminar, do it. I'm checking my notes quick to see if there's anything else I needed to mention, and I don't think so. I hope my zucchini bread is done <laughs> before, and I've got to finish uh, my baby quilt today, so I've got stuff to do, so I'm going to move on. Um, you can continue to email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com, sandy with a Y quilts with a Z. You can follow my blog. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, Goodreads, Facebook, Flickr group. Well, on Facebook, we have a Quilting for the Rest of Us group. I am not Sandy Quilts on Facebook. I have another name there. Um, you can join the Flickr group. You can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us subgroup of the Big Tent Quiltcast Supergroup. You can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us group on Seamed Up. And find me all sorts of other places online, Sandy, with the, uh, Sandy Quilts. Oh, Pinterest. That's the one I... Oh, no, I did already mention Pinterest. I'm sorry. Sandy Quilts, Sandy with a Y, Quilts with a Z. Um, and you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team, and you will find links for all of that at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And now, for real, because I'm going out of town in two days, until the next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. Thank you.